0: Hello, welcome to Live with Lil, the podcast, episode number nine. Oh my gosh, this is our last one in single digits. Ah, we're growing up so fast. Welcome along. I hope you've had a lovely week. I have loved reading all your emails and reviews and I have them all a little printed into a, well not printed, but they're in my, a little cute word document all colour coordinated like I'm at school or just in my daily life because I do colour coordinate everything. Scripts. Sides. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Clothing. Wardrobes. Uh, I was recently told by a friend about how she was doing her wardrobe like the home edit, I think it's called, and you have to colour coordinate all your clothes according to the rainbow, which... I'm gonna have so much fun doing that. I'm currently in a hotel that I'm staying in to do some filming, so not got my usual setup today, which is a shame because I forgot to pack. I didn't think I was gonna be here tonight. I thought I'd go back to the flat and then back here. Anyway, I forgot to pack my leopard print suit jacket, which is a real shame because... Well, I mean, number one, it's so jazzy to wear it and it matches with Zack. And so that's great. But number two, Billy Gerhardt is coming on this week who directs this episode and he loves a suit. So oh, I can't believe this is the week that I forgot to pack it. He would have special suits made for the last day of every episode that he did. And in his Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. career, he directed 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's now doing SWAT as the producing director on that show. He's an amazing, so fun. I'm really excited to have him on this week. But he would get these custom suits made, and he had one that was like in the style of a comic book. And then for our rap party one year, he had lights in the suit, so he lit up like fairy lights all sewn through it. So it just looked like a normal suit, and then he flipped a switch, and it just lit up. Ugh. Oh. So, alas, but thank goodness, this is all about what it sounds like and I'm gonna bring my sounding game. Because <laughs> my outfit game is not on point today. Any road, I wonder if I sound more British now I'm spending more time in England. I've been here for two weeks now, two weeks today, in fact. And I just wonder if my accents got stronger. So, lots of things to get through in the introduction today. Thank you for your kind words about last week's episode. I'm so glad that you seem to have loved it. I absolutely love doing it. I was on a high after that episode. So, Maria has sent a lovely email. It said lots of gorgeous, lovely things in it. And then at the end, she said, I actually do some drawing or watercolor painting and it's my time of day where I can just relax and unwind listening to the podcast. Because I was curious about what people were doing as they were listening to the podcast. And Maria says, she does some drawing or watercolour painting, which I just feel like sounds so elegant, doesn't it? Watercolour painting. Oh, gosh. That just feels like, you know, you must just be very sophisticated, Maria. And then she says, I think you are amazing. And thank you again for creating something that keeps the show alive. Love, Maria. You are very welcome, Maria. Re- a mic name... Amy says your incredibly sleek mic deserves the best name and I like the sound of Athena as in Athena Greek goddess of wisdom war and crafts etc the way you describe your mic as elegant reminds me of Athena she was civilized and got the job done and it sounds like your mic does the same civilized and got the job done well wow, I love that so that's up there as a possibility Jacob Pan's been on and he emailed saying I think you should name your mic Izel. Because mics pick up resonant frequencies, you know? Eh? Yeah? Whatever. Lol. That's what he wrote, which I think is brilliant. That's a really good suggestion, Izel, Gosh, we had so many meetings about how we were meant to pronounce the name Izel. She was in season six. Oh, she's such a nice person. But Izel, or up for ages, what we're we calling her? Izel, I think. And then it was Arzel and then it was Izel and it kept changing. And I think in the end we had to ADR because we were so confused as to which one it was meant to be. So ADR is audio dubbing recording. It does not stand for that. Let me Google it. It's basically where if the sound quality is off, what does ADR stand for? If the sound quality is off in production in the filming of it, then you go into the sound booth and you re-record some of your lines or if they want to change a line in post or add one when the camera's not on you, then that's, you call ADR. Oh, so it stands for Automated Dialogue Replacement. Oh, well, you learn a new thing every day. Anyway, that was uh, a couple of emails. Email of the week goes to Lauren. She says, Hi, Elizabeth. I just want to start by saying thank you for doing the live watch alongs and engaging so much with the fans of the show. What you're doing is very special and unique and I know we all appreciate the behind the scenes glimpse into the episodes. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited about in particular about one of the guests today because of these behind the scene glimpses. Anyway, I want to say that I am really loving the podcast episodes ever since the coronavirus hit. I've been listening to podcasts during my daily walk. Oh, tick daily walk, and whenever I'm driving around town, and I love having this one to listen to now. I also wanted to say that I love how little editing there is. <laughs> I'm sure some people might find it annoying, Ooh. but I love how real and conversational it feels when you repeat yourself five times <laughs> <laughs> or randomly have Zach or Chloe call you. It feels incredibly authentic and personal. I laugh constantly while listening to the intros and outros because they feel like conversations with a friend. Keep it up. I also wanted to put my vote in for naming the mic Liam because I died laughing at the acronym. I'm really excited to continue seeing who comes on as guest stars and what amazing insights they provide. You're doing incredible work. So thank you. Oh, Lauren, thank you so much. Yeah, thank goodness you you like that they're not edited that much. I, I like it too and we we just tend to keep it fairly, fairly authentic and natural. So yes, I'm so sorry. You will hear me repeat myself a million times. And I have officially no excuse because I'm absolutely on the right time zone. Although England did put their clocks back an hour today. So, you know, does that mean I have an... Ex- no, it doesn't. No, no excuse anymore for repeating myself five times in... Um, forgetting things but I know what you mean I cannot stop thinking about Liam for the mic Lil's incredible amazing mic I think it stood for and Liam the mic just sounds I mean it's just so funny isn't it why is it funny but it just is thank you so much for your email Lauren also got an email from Sophia saying about the review prize. Oh, she also said, I love the fandom name Lilpuds, which uh, seems to be the front runner at the moment. And then she, oh, oh my gosh. That's telling me to open the Zoom in 20 minutes because it's 7.30 and I'm gonna open it at 10 to eight. Right, Ah, I always feel like there's some sort of alarm going off in these. I set 10,000 alarms a day, that's why to remind me to do things. Anyway, Sophia says, as for the prizes ideas, personally, I already feel like these watch alongs are, and the contact we're getting from you, are the best gifts imaginable. But if you really feel like spoiling us even further, it could be good to maybe give the winner a chance to choose from the various options you've mentioned, like the physical gift or AOS merch or a Zoom experience guaranteed spot on the live. They are amazing, but I bet different people have different preferences. At such a good point. So that's, I think, what we'll do. And we'll just have them as the options. And then we'll just see. Maybe we'll give out five prizes and, you know, people can pick which ones they want. And then she goes on to say, fun fact, I named one of my plants Colson because it never dies. I had thought it was dead a bunch of times already, but it always comes back to life. Oh my gosh, how appropriate. I would love to know what inanimate objects you have named after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. references, that's such a perfect name for a plant that doesn't die, Colson. And, importantly, that you thought was dead and then came back to life. Could not be more Colson if it tried, that little plant. Right, now, I wanted to play... Gosh, I feel like a DJ. I've got all these different things open on my computer. A couple of voices. The first one I wanted to play was from Sarah Skeels. Just a suggestion. Oh wait, hang on about. I didn't start the start. Here. Hey Lil,
1: just wanted to say thank you for doing these lives. Uh, I learn something new every time I listen to them. I was thinking for fandom names. I really like Lil Pods, but I was also thinking Lil's Lemons. Uh, just, a, just, just a suggestion, but thanks again.
0: So, Sarah agrees with Sophia about lil'pods, 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 I think it's a play on leopards. Right, and on this same theme, Paige has been on again.
2: Hi, Lil. It's Paige again. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for using my voicey in your podcast last week. I was not expecting it, and it was amazing and wonderful, and I loved it. You are amazing. Um, But this time, I'm messaging you because you had mentioned some of the fandom names. Some of them I'd sent you, some of them others had. Um, I'm sure a few other people sent you the same ones. But... uh, the ones that I really liked um, were Lil, Lil Pods and Headstands. And so I had put it up on my Instagram story. I did a poll between which one was best. And it ended up being split 50-50. But then I got a message from Agents of Spoof, who is wonderful. And she asked me if it was meant to be Lil Pods like Leopards, like Lil Perts. and I thought that was great. Uh, I hadn't thought of that, but it makes total sense. And if you had not heard it, I thought that you should hear it. So Lillperds, I think is probably the winner.
0: So there you go. It might be Lillperds. I think that's very cute, kind of like a leopard. And it's got the lure of a lemon in there. So it's a little bit like what Sarah was saying. So maybe that's it. That feels like... That's what most people are saying. So love that as our little fandom community name. How fun is that? Quick review of the week from Erica. (laughs) And I just love this one because the title is started with the Zooms followed to here. And it just, you know, like starting from the bottom, now we're here. What's that song? Started from the bottom, now we're here, right? (laughs) I don't know, you know, that sort of rap song or something. it just really made me laugh that I just read that title has started with the Zooms, followed to here. Oh, I don't know, it just made me smile. Erica says, I love all the content that Elizabeth has created. I started watching with her Zooms during the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was incredible to go along and hear the stories. I'm so excited to continue listening along to the rest of the episodes. I started watching her other videos on YouTube and followed her to the podcast. I'm just so excited. The podcast so far is incredible. Highly recommend. Oh my gosh, I love that. Highly recommend. Boy, that just sounds so professional, doesn't it? Thanks, Erica. I spell it like that because there's many, many R's in it. Erica. And then I got a lovely email from Maddie who says that even though she is studying as a history MA student, I think that's master's student, she still enjoys listening to these even though she doesn't want to go into the industry and still finds them interesting. So that's wonderful. That's just, oh, that makes my heart swell. I I would love this to be a resource for people that would love to go into the film industry or are just really interested in it, but also to be i'd love it to be interesting and inspirational to people that have absolutely no interest to go into anything film tv theatrical related but just enjoy listening to how people got to where they are and different stories and you know i think that that really i just i love that thank you for your email maddie and then the last couple things Gosh, God, this is 40 minutes already. Well, you know, you can always fast forward, can't you? A couple of things that people have mentioned. Jenna had a lovely email and then she added at the end, I just wanted to add that S.H.I.E.L.D. is the first US TV show that I've personally watched where not just one but two major characters, actors are British. It honestly gave me such an immediate sense of pride that from that first scene of yours and Ian's in the pilot, I loved getting to hear things like Sheffield, Maltesers, Twiglets, and Scottish football to be talked about on a huge Marvel TV show, and being able to go, I know, that's so good. ah, A love from a fellow Northerner, Jenna. And then food has been a little bit of a theme this week, that <laughs> last week when I read out the review from a ratten and Cats and accidentally called her Mon. Turns out her name is Tara and she says please eat a crunchy candy bar for me. We can't get them in the States anymore. So I do feel like you know each week I am guided and led by your emails and reviews and comments and I do think that even though you know encouraging me and reminding me of all the amazing chocolate and salty snacks that England birthed isn't necessarily to do with the quality of the podcast I, I am going to take that on board and uh, really work on that for next week and getting a supply of all of those things because I actually haven't had any of those things since I landed in England which seems mad doesn't it so I must get on that probably don't think I should eat during the tros, the intros or outros right it's annoying when people eat huh although weirdly I do like the sound of it like if I'm on the phone with a friend do quite like when we're both eating and chatting but might not be the best thing to do on a podcast so I'm gonna veer away from eating on the podcast and I'll just get all my eating of junk food done between you know Monday to Saturday that feels like a good plan okay this episode is number 109 titled repairs the log line is the agents investigate the strange occurrences of a woman they believe has telekinetic powers written by marissa Tantrone and jed whedon i am so excited about the guests this week say that every week but it's true every week we have the director of the episode, Billy Gerhardt, who I mentioned, who is very suavely dressed and has the sharpest suits of anyone in the game, particularly tonight, because I don't have my suit on, but I think Zach will, so thank goodness for that. He directed 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He started as a camera operator, which I'm very excited to talk to him about, and he sent me a bunch of BTS, so I'm going to figure out if I can show that somehow. Anyway, I'll try and describe it on the Zoom. Then we have Laura C.A. who plays Hannah in the episode who is just so talented and gosh when I watched this back again last week I was just blown away by her performance. It's so beautiful. When I reached out to her she was just amazing and um, said yes immediately. I'm so happy to have her on because I want to know all her secrets of how she is so good. (laughs) And we also have Gregory Melton on, who I'm so excited to be here. He's the production designer of S.H.I.E.L.D. And as I was watching this episode, there's just so many beautiful shots through the zephyr of what it used to look like. And he's in charge of all of that. So including on location, on location, brilliant. Yeah. When we're on location and then on set, he's a wonderful man. And I got to know, cause as an actor, you don't really have any contact with him because he sorts all the sets out and then, you know, they're built and then we come in and film on them. So we're kind of two ships in the night in terms of the cast and somebody like Greg, who does the production design. But when I got to direct 709, I worked really closely with him because he's in all the prep meetings and he's been with the show since the beginning and is such an integral part. I mean, he's a, the main part of why it looks like it does in terms of the sets. So I'm just, I'm so happy that he's coming on. I think this is just brilliant to introduce all these different roles. And also, I really want to know all the ins and outs and how you get to be a production designer, what that journey's like. So, there are wonderful lineup for today, and of course, Zachary Burt Abel, Live Chat King, who will be fielding questions from the chat. And that's it! Here we go! I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for tuning in, thank you for listening, thank you for all the emails this week, and the reviews, and the suggestions. It feels to me like the fandom name is leopards like leopards, but leopards lolpuds and I think although Izelle is a close second somehow Liam clinches it I think for the mic name I feel like that is decided he's just looking at me the mic and he's like oh hi I'm Liam so I think it's Liam (laughs) oh my gosh I wonder if I'm spending too much time on my own hey thank you for being here I'm so happy that you are let's do this episode 109 repairs
3: welcome to level seven this is
1: actually a bit thrilling
3: someone really wanted our initials to spell out shield
0: we have a small but active fan base
3: we are unstoppable together
4: you guys are my family we don't
0: move on we hold that place in our heart even after we say
5: goodbye we are not agents of nothing we are agents of shield
0: here we go boy i feel like a game show host every time now i've lost you guys (laughs) Here we go. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 109 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I am so excited every week but this week, very, very excited because look at all these beautiful people we have on here. Um, I'm going to go in the order it is in my screen. So we have Laura C who plays Hannah in this episode so beautifully. Oh my God, oh wait, I have to mute myself. Hello everybody, welcome. When I watched this back, oh wait, it's still going. Oh, there we go. Um, I was just so blown away by your performance, Laura. Like. It is not how much you had to do and how I basically cried every scene that you were in. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was the crying episode. <laughs> so much crying. I know, make sure. It was like, oh, just do this. Like easy scenes and everyone is like traumatic. It helped for the first day because
1: the first day I think was maybe like the heaviest scene. We kind of did the big scene for my first thing And I was so hyped up for the episode the night before that I hadn't slept very much. So it really helps. Yeah, it helps because you're on the edge, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Don't sleep the night before. (laughs) Well, you did such an amazing job. And we have Billy Gerhardt, director extraordinaire. Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And I was saying I'm so sad that I'm not in my matching leopard print blazer because Billy is... Famous for his suits, his custom <laughs> comic book suits. And do you remember that one that lit up Billy?
3: Yes, the yes. light of suits of insanity. Up yes.
0: suits. <laughs> So I feel like wow. I've really let the side down, but you know, just, just uh, a normal
3: agents of shield slash Disney Mickey shirt today. Oh, that's amazing.
0: All your favorite things in one place.
3: Couldn't get any better.
0: <laughs> um and then we have Gregory Melton. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here, Greg. Production design, designer or production design head of production design. What's the official title?
5: Production designer, you know, the head of the art department. So. Just
0: head of how it all looks and yeah. gets put together. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: yeah. Can you, so is that your, can you say like what your job description is?
5: Well, um, basically just anything seen on camera, I usually have a hand in it. It's like all of the set construction, the colors, the furniture, the props, uh, working with special effects, visual effects, just trying to make it all just a big cohesive picture and just sort of being sort of the final, uh, you know, um, like the final call on a lot of things, you know, working with a lot of terrific people getting all their input and just trying to keep it all together so
0: you do such an amazing job and from day dot to the very last day it was you
5: yeah it was I did the pilot all the way 136 episodes that's that's so I don't think I've ever done a TV series that long. So, oh my it's my understanding
3: now, Greg, that the the series is completed. That you now have the Quinjet in your backyard. Is that correct?
5: <laughs> I, you know, I really should have that thing in my backyard, but uh, no, no. That, that, Let's the, the, make this that was happen. One thing Marvel came and took back.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They came and took everything from us.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's so lovely to have you on here today. Thank you, Greg. And then you. of course, live chat king, Zachary Bert Abel, who like I'm a teenager is out. always on his phone. Yeah, Laurie <laughs> is so good at clapping. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like I could just go on forever, but shall we press play, those who are able to watch it? Um, maybe like we'll do a little countdown. I get the countdown wrong every week. So um Right now, I'm up, I'm I'm primed at the Marvel flipping thing. Okay,
1: hang on.
5: I'll get to Me that. too. Me
0: too. Okay. Uh, yeah, will... Laura, why don't you tell us when you get there, and then we'll okay. press play then. Okay. And action. Cut. Go. 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 <laughs> uh, oh my god, mine's lit. Yes. Okay, here I am now. Maybe I'll go ten seconds earlier. Where did you guys film this bit in the um?
1: Is Walt Disney lot? Is that
3: right? No, we were out in the middle of uh, nowhere at a, at an old-timey, uh, used-to-be gas station-y kind of thing. It was like a real little dealio with a guy who collects cars and so forth. Uh, oh, so I, I can't remember the exact a... location,
5: but it was in the oh, middle okay. of nowhere. Yeah, that was out on uh, like Soledad Canyon out in uh, yes. Florida. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow, and did it look like that when you Oh, called- yeah.
3: That's exactly what it looked like.
0: But I mean, like, sorry. <laughs> when but there you was no ice them?
3: cream in there or anything yeah. inside. There was nothing it's inside. It's all Greg.
0: Right. So then as a director, Billy, you walk in and you go, this this could work. And Greg goes, yes, it could we work. We can, can do crazy magical
3: here things and- here and make cans fly off the shelf over there. And then we can blow this up and catch this on fire. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> And That's then we just so say, "Hey, idea. is there enough clearance is- around the area that we're not going to burn the city down?" Yes. Okay. <laughs> good. Let's shoot.
0: Was that actual
1: fire? Was that real fire?
3: Yeah, that was real fire.
1: <gasps> I loved watching the pyrotechnic team set that up. That little trail from the fire. To the- yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: That's not real <laughs> gasoline, but there's <laughs> there's real fire.
0: Yeah, that bit wasn't real though, right? You wouldn't. There's real it. tears. Real tears. <laughs> Seriously. So, uh, with the fire, how many? We really,
3: we really blew that up. You remember that, Laura? That I was, was in there. They,
1: they put little earplugs in my ears so that I they wouldn't have yeah. my thumbs. Are you
0: serious? Yeah, it was yeah. dope. Yeah.
3: This oh is God. the hotel that's right across from the studios, down at Culper Studios.
0: Oh. Hey. Boy, Sex casual bread. Oh, yeah,
3: the, the reveal. <laughs>
0: yeah. reveal. I oh remember um, this day of like oh my gosh I've got to be shirtless and Ming was like oh my gosh my back's got to be shown and then all of a sudden it's like everyone was doing press-ups on set and you know drinking juice the day before.
3: Brett's towel fell down right here and he is completely naked.
1: <laughs> I think I'm ahead of you. I'm in
0: Clark's office now. Okay I've just yeah, I just went
3: into Clark's break. office.
0: That was so fun. Greg, what was the process like for that? Because it's so colson with all the little um, souvenirs and collectible
5: things. This was just a concept that, you know, we sort of pitched with Josh about having, um, you know, at the top of that, uh, of what we called the bus, the the big plane that he had this sort of almost like, you know, um, his private office very much, you know in the Captain Nemo world of things and um, so that that was the idea and then you know just a lot, lots of souvenirs and things that he's collected um, over the years. You can see in the background we have uh, a for, uh, prints of the bus itself uh, on the oh, wall. Awesome. You know, architectural prints. And then we just did a little cheat there, because uh, those are two separate sets coming down into the main level of the bus. Um, Yeah,
0: that was cool. So when you shoot that, Billy, do you just try to uh, remember like the sort of speeds that you were going so that how do you make it seamlessly look like one shot? Yeah, we just exactly
3: that. I mean, we just rely on you and the actors to maintain the continuity uh, (laughs) as you're on one set and then we move over to the other set and it all just blends in seamlessly.
5: It all looks real. Yeah. This is a really nice sequence here that Billy really showed off the whole bus and, you know, the kind of this idea that you could just see from one end to the other. There was nothing blocking and just the vertical, the vertical movement through it, you know. The sets look so good, man. You have to
3: take advantage of them. So we try to show them off as best we can. And then from uh, from Clark's office. We have This, this may have been stolen from his office from one of the little gacky things he had and then also some very secretive crystals
1: Ooh. Right, so we're
3: in his office from that episode that somehow somehow made their way into
0: so our house. that's the time to take them
4: can could, could we quickly just go because we kind of like to do on this whole series about how each person got into their role within the production so uh Could you guys describe that for the fans?
1: Sure, I
0: auditioned. What was your audition process like? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when did you, yeah, how did that process go, Laura?
1: I read at Sarah Finn's office for a casting director named Tamara Hunter, who's awesome. And um, there were a lot of, actually, there were a fair amount of reads. I think I, I think I auditioned I think i want to say i read like four times i don't know if i'm misremembering that billy because i think i know billy was in the room maybe the last one yeah um yeah so that was a really positive experience and i remember particularly that last read um you know how present you were billy and the notes that you gave me during that it's
3: amazing to be in the room with the actors during the audition because it's uh very uncommon nowadays now it's all just a self-read especially in the covid times Uh, and we just watch something that it gets emailed to us and so we can't get direct feedback to you Uh, and it's got to be very frustrating for the actors too because um, you know they just get you just get basically a crack at it and that's it it's just like what if we had a note for you that we wanted to do so it's sort of frustrating but the process here on this show was amazing
1: Yeah, I I really um, enjoyed it. Big time. It's not always the case on that side of things before you actually get the gig and uh, I had a great time doing it. So yeah, and then I, I got the role and then you know how it is with TV. The turnaround was so fast. I think it was filming a few days later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean it was so friendly and oh, you know y'all really. y'all were excited cuz you know it was the first season so the energy was just really, really <laughs> yeah. positive. We also wanted to be there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was really nice. Everyone was so sweet, Clark and you know Brett and you and Ian and Chloe oh. and
0: everybody. So, yeah. Oh was, good.
1: That's all I was going
0: that's the craziest bit where you audition and then, literally, two days later, you're on set with a ton of lines having to cry for the next five days. <laughs> <laughs> like totally. Yeah. That's a fire. Um, how about you, Billy? How did you get? Well, I know a little bit, but how did you. How get did I get
3: on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? The, yeah, and just day,
0: the director.
3: The very first day that they announced uh, that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was greenlit. Uh, Gary Brown called me that day and said, Hey, uh, can you come do this show? And I I had worked with him on a show called Breakout Kings. uh, And that's how I met Gary. And then uh, we got along very well. And so then he called me to do this. And uh, I had a hole in my schedule uh, for this episode. This was my first one uh, of I think I did 11 of them. Um, Yeah, this was the first one.
0: Ah, the first of many. And then how did, what was your journey to becoming a director?
3: Yeah. Ooh. uh, (laughs) Well, you ever watch the Goldbergs? Basically, I'm Adam. So (laughs) I was the kid that was directing uh, my friends and making home movies uh, since eighth grade. Uh, And so it was kind of uh, in my blood and something I always wanted to do. I didn't know that I could. I, I mean, I could never in a million years have imagined that that would work out, uh, yeah. but somehow by a miracle it did. So I'm very lucky, but uh, it's just something I always wanted to do.
0: But I mean, not by a miracle, you started, you did camera, right? You were a camera operator for- Yeah,
3: I, yeah. Did, I did come up through, through camera. I was uh, a steady cam operator for 15 years. Which um, is the
0: hardest job and so taxing on the body and so much pressure.
3: Yes, and uh, Sir Bill Brummond is the Steady Cam operator uh, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he is magic with that thing. He is amazing. Um,
0: so, how but, did yeah. you get to be a camera operator? Like, what was that process?
3: Uh, to become a camera operator, I started uh, working at PBS in Michigan, and then um, I eventually moved out to LA. Uh, I bought a Steady Cam, uh, which is very expensive device, kind of like buying a house, only you don't get the house. Uh, So I lived in a tiny little uh, apartment and had a Steadicam and just literally put my name uh, on a piece of paper uh, around all the schools and universities in LA uh, that just said, free Steadicam, all you have to do is uh, let me keep my footage for a a reel, to make a reel. And then eventually I would get uh, calls from people saying, "Yeah, I got my college project I want to do. Can you do steady cam on it?" And then when I would go do those student projects, there would ultimately be actual people in the industry that were friends of friends that pulled a favor and somehow ended up on there. And they saw they saw me working and said, "Hey, I liked what you were doing. Would you like to come do this commercial that I'm doing next weekend?" And then it just kind of spiraled into camera work.
4: What was your first paid
3: gig? Do you remember? Uh, my first actual paid gig. Um, I'm trying to think when I actually got paid real money. Yeah, I, I think the it first so paid gig work. I had was a movie in India. Um, that was really my first actual get money gig. It was a it was a horrible movie called Monsoon uh, that takes it, it took place in the monsoons and we were there for two months and it was like standing in a shower for two months oh, it was like gosh. ridiculous oh no oh my gosh
0: <laughs> and then don't when watch you were... that movie yeah everyone go watch it but well, not right now this is
3: the yeah. worst
0: what a plug, Great yeah. plug. <laughs> don't watch it and then how long were you a camera operator before you got your first directing gig
3: well it was 15 years um i got my big break on a show called the shield and um, Sean Ryan, and I was the a camera Cam operator for that show since day one of the pilot all the way through the whole series. And then on the penultimate episode of the entire series, Sean, I, I had been asking uh, over the course of the seasons if I could direct and he finally he gave me my big break. So I did that. And then I thought, hey, look at I can direct now. And so I tried to get other jobs but the writer strike was at that time. And so uh, FX held the episodes and didn't air anything for over a year. And I couldn't show anyone the episode that I had directed. So I go out on these meetings uh, with different networks and they'd be like, oh yeah, so can you show us your episode? And I just would say no. And then they would say, okay, well, thank you, bye. And so <laughs> I had nothing uh, to show anyone except Kurt Sutter was an executive producer on The Shield and he was starting a new show called Sons of Anarchy. And he said, hey, Billy, I saw your episode, obviously, because he was on the show. And he said, it was, it was great, why don't you come over and, and uh, do this new little show I got called Sons of Anarchy. So I did that. Wow. It was just all luck, you know? Just, just very lucky well, right, right place, right time. And you know, Frank Darabont came in and directed on The Shield and uh, saw me as a camera operator and said, hey, I want you to be my camera operator from now on. I said, oh, that's great, really? And he was serious. Uh, and then quickly, shortly after that, I started directing. And so he called me and said, do you want to do Walking Dead? So, I mean, who knew? It's just like, again, if he hadn't directed on The Shield, I would have never been on that show. So it's just pure luck.
0: Well, luck meets preparation and- Preparation, yeah. And I- or something. Yeah, Yeah. and then,
3: though, anyone can do your job, but at the luck part is what works out well.
0: (laughs) Well, you're an amazing director. Thank you. um, How about you, Greg?
5: How did I start?
0: Yeah, like, what's
5: what's um, the path? it's It's the same thing, you know, just making, you know, high school movies, and then, you know, growing up in the Valley, I'm like, how do I get into the entertainment business? And I just, the way I found my way in was working as an assistant to a prop master on commercials. Um, So I did lots and lots of commercials and then just sort of worked my way up the art department from props to being a a set dresser to being a set decorator to working as an art director for production designers. And finally about 1992, um, I got my big break to do as a production designer tales from the crypt at hbo wow, wow. So I, I did that show for like you know six years and i met a lot of people there and then it's just like billy says there's no roadmap. you know you meet somebody something happens you go this way you know it, it, it it's it's crazy all of a sudden i'm i'm in bob zemeckis's office discussing you know uh an episode of tales from the crypt that he's going to direct with kirk douglas <laughs> and like a year ago, I was like, I, I didn't have a job, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I that's the one thing I tell people, you know, like at least on my end, I it's not really a, a roadmap, you know, it's just sort of you get going and you just like you get these breaks, things happen. Um I met Gary Brown, who's the producer on um Agents. Gary was a first assistant director on Tales from the Crypt when I started. So i had met Gary that's going on you know 25 26 years ago now um, and we we did Tales from the crypt and I hadn't worked with him since until um, he I got the call in 2012 to do Agents of Shield and he and I was just, I said I was so excited to hear from him but we, again our careers just never linked up and Is it true he, that he called you because you owed him money? <laughs> no, not quite, but kind uh, of. <laughs> um, and so then I, I came in for uh, an initial interview with all of the executive producers on the show, and I, I left that thinking, "Oh, I'm never going to get this show." You know, it's a big show, and and then I got a I got a follow up call for a second interview, and they wanted me to come in and present my ideas for the plane, the bus. They were, you know, because I'd sort of described what I wanted to do. But I, d- I didn't, like, show them anything. So then I made a little, I made a much more of a presentation of what I thought the plane would look like. And I was very fortunate in, in my research to find this image of this military transport plane. It's a C-17, mm-hmm. which we based the bus on. Wow. And then we just sort of added th- things to it. And when I came in, I, I think that's what kind of got me the gig was that I I think I I had kind of a a sense of the plane being more rooted in reality and a tactical use plane than some very futuristic wild-looking plane that we eventually would would do a few years later. So yeah. anyways, yeah. It's sort of so my...
0: beautiful. Just watching this episode and seeing, like Billy said, seeing how gorgeous the set looks and how it can all so seamlessly be sort of, you know, sewn together in shots. I just immediately, thought, oh my gosh, we have to have Greg on because, it, and it's been through so many different incarnations, yeah. but it's so, so was it's, your design, that initial pitch, was that like this?
5: It, it's exactly the plane that you see now. I mean, the, um, as far as the exterior, and I just, I hadn't really laid out the interior yet, but I kind of just described that it was going to be two levels that, you know, had a back ramp that, that uh, was kind of a cargo tactical area that they could could be converted into many different things it could be a surgery bay. I mean all the different ways we redress that one area yeah. you know with cars or bringing in motorcycles or exits and then having this big high-tech lab behind it you know yeah. and then just connecting everything with you know sort of the the circular staircases up to the second level but that was that was to be developed um, right but
0: it's so cool just watching this now watching you in that little honeycomb cell or uh, how you shot that billy is was it's just so cool because that's some that's a room that i mean i've said it before but i feel like it's difficult to film interesting stuff in there in a way
3: yeah everything is all all the walls are sort of equal but we just took advantage of that and like some of those wide shots just uh showing the work that greg did i have to imagine that like when you walk onto those sets, Greg, you did such a good job with them. As an actor, the actors, you guys must just like, it, it must make it one step easier to live in that space because it's so realistic. It, it allows you to be present as if you're really there, if you're really on a ship or you're really in the, in the, in the jet um, Oh, because that,
1: that it just made, looks so real. Yeah, that room made a huge, huge, huge difference. I just had to show up. And it's funny because we don't we don't think about that stuff you know because you have to come onto, you know a set where nothing's real you know and and you have to cry for a few hours when when you come into a space and it really is enveloping you and it's as stunning as that one was it it really does it does most of the and the work for you um it might sound like an exaggeration but you know, having that environment around you um, to stimulate you in that way is is just really massive. I'm always in awe of what art departments do and how they pull the themes of the show and the themes of the characters um, throughout all of their design choices. I just think it's like kind of magical, so.
0: It really is. And I just get so obsessed with ceilings on set because <laughs> they're all fully finished in the whole it, that lab is a real lab that we're looking at now. And the only thing that's Those not- Those 3D
3: holograms <laughs> are real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that thing was really there. But you can, like you're saying, Laura, it's like you have to do so much imagining anyway that everybody's like, oh, it must be hard to work on a sci-fi show you have to imagine so much. And it's like, not really, cause it's mostly all there. Just the, like the little bits on the end of like this guy having to imagine that he was, appearing himself you know it's that bit's different but I love this is like part horror show yeah like part sci-fi it's just this was such a fun genre Billy like we hadn't really done this yet
3: yeah I remember I remember all the discussions about how we were going to try to make it fun and scary um (laughs) (laughs) and it turned out to be funny with some of the scary parts when like (laughs) I I sent you the video of Ian
0: Oh Some my god of the I have
3: to, We haven't got to that part
0: yet but when we do I'm going to show this outtake that you sent me. I'm going to figure out how I can make it come into my zoom. But there were so many there were so many and you as a director Billy you're just very funny anyway so it's quite hard to keep a straight face in certain situations but certainly with the whole like us trying to prank each other as the characters that was some hard stuff you had us doing there. Are <laughs> I'll say
3: one thing stuff. that the, the agents set was amazing because you guys all had a great sense of humor and it was just such a fun place to work. And I always look forward to, to coming in every day uh, to work with you guys because just the mood and the tone and the vibe was just like fun and amazing and just a great, great atmosphere.
0: Oh, it was so fun. Mm-hmm.
3: I have a quick question.
4: Um, this is for Greg and the question is from Sab and it says, uh, can you describe like your relationship with Pack in terms of special effects and how you guys would liaise between each other on colors and props, et cetera, et cetera?
5: Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I had a lot to do uh, uh, interfacing with Colpac. Um you know especially with the uh, specifically with the plane here um cuz goth um Colpac did all the exterior work on the plane and developed all of that so we we just provided lots of artwork and ideas and then we started the more we thought about it the more we thought wait a minute you know the uh the the jets could turn it could be sort of like a jump jet harrier jet you know so that it it could actually just land in one spot. It didn't need a landing. That kind of developed as we were um, working into it, uh, like, and that just gave us a lot more capabilities with the plane. Um, and the um, you know the, the the biggest challenge on the plane, I think, with visual effects is just seeing out the windows. We were always challenged, like, because it's a visual effect. You know, that plane is sitting on a soundstage. You know, um, so it's just got blue screen. So we're always just trying to you know, figure out ways to make the plane feel like it's moving, um, the shadows moving through the plane. That was, a lot of that was done um, by um, our, our cinematographers obviously in lighting, but um, we, we can, we would give Mark a lot of, you know, reference as far as visual effects or whatnot. And he brought a lot to the table too because he was using all these, he'd using two or three different visual effects home houses that could do a lot of pre ideas that he could bring back to us going especially like on the hangar inside the hangars all that um they they did a lot to help us develop um you know when the plane was inside um you know a, a building we just didn't really have the stage space so they would just make this immense hangar in the visual effects world um and they were very very uh, uh, helpful in developing all of that
0: yeah, talking about how um, you know, like the DOP and the lighting and everything can make make a set just come to life. With this episode, the Mo and Jed wrote this one. Marissa Tantra and Jed, we did our EPs. They kind of just said we're going to turn all the lights off, and you guys have to just figure it out with torches. And it just makes the set all of a sudden seem so scary and jumpy um was that a conscious choice Billy just to say you know like did you have chats about who dp'd this was this Alan
3: strangely it was Jeff McGapp so there was like that weird uh short period that he was uh dp and this was one of his episodes that
0: uh... it's so beautiful because the you know now just looking at the character Hannah in there it's like just lit with that one light it's so it's so soulfully lit
3: yeah there was a lot of uh, discussion in prep about how we were going to approach this because anytime strangely it it does look like there's less lighting because the lights are out but it's actually way more work it's much easier to turn on the the main house of uh, what the pre-programmed lights are and just fill things in appropriately for where the actors are standing and positioned but in this case, it's a whole relight. It's like starting from scratch, turning off all the lights that they usually use for ambient and depth and so forth and, and bringing it in to see what you're seeing. It's much more difficult and much more time consuming. And, it, and you know, it, it's funny, Laura, when you said, you know I had to cry for a couple of hours, people, I don't know if anyone's aware that like when we shoot, like when she was sitting there in the room crying, uh, you see her crying for 15 or 20 seconds but it really does take like an hour and a half to shoot that scene, and she has to be crying the whole time because we're doing it from all kinds of angles. Uh, and every time we switch an angle, we have to switch and move the lights because they're in the way or they're in the in the shot of of the new angle. So it's hard for an actor to keep their headspace uh, in that zone for such a long period of time because it takes you know forever. It takes us. It took eight days to make the forty-two minutes of film you're watching.
0: Yeah. How do you approach that, Laura? Those very dramatic emotional scenes? do you have a method that helps you get to that place or um, yeah, a possible question
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a weird thing to talk about, you know it's um, it,
4: is it attacking your shoe and you just lean into. <laughs> it?
1: There are um, some people that do that, that like all sorts of ways. Yeah, to... totally. I think it depends on the role. I think yeah. that for some odd reason, I felt fairly connected to this one and I, I liked the writing and um, and then there's, you know, your, your emotional preparation and it has a lot to do with, you know, we all have like our um, <laughs> imagination, like your nation of images you know, so we all have little buttons that take us to yeah. our own respective traumas or, or memories or whatever. So I think um, uh, part of how I work involves that, but it's it would be a little funny to like,
0: <laughs> really- Yeah, come. should we have a therapy yeah. session now and talk yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. all your stuff? Yeah. But um,
1: to Billy's point, I mean, it's, for something like this, it, it is so, so, so important um, that I think a performer is is supported by their director in that scenario, but in so much not just that they're either giving notes or whatever, but sometimes the opposite when they know exactly kind of Mm -hmm. when to give you your space. And they're feeling the energy of the room and the um, vulnerability of it. And I remember that Billy, I mean, even between setups and stuff, you created an atmosphere where I could sustain that. And, you know, that's really not always the case. Um, So it's all these things coming together that allows you to stay where you need to stay or
0: something. Yeah, it is teamwork and it's also exhausting as an actor to stay there. And then you get this beautiful work, but in those moments, that's such an endurance of the body and a huge reason as an actor, like we need to be healthy and have energy because those days it's like running a marathon.
1: What was it like for you, Elizabeth? I mean, had you done like a, uh season regular type thing on a network because I know that hour and those hours in that schedule can just be yeah a lot having not before so I was curious kind of what your your methods for staying healthy and connected and all that during
0: um I mean trial and error I think I'd never done anything but I'd done a pilot where I met Zach and then that was it and so just getting paid to do a job as you were saying Billy I was like oh my gosh amazing (laughs) and that first season we definitely I definitely did not have a method of staying that healthy or really taking care of myself mentally really because after days like that you need some kind of way to get back into your body and to feel kind of like yourself again and because your body doesn't know that the tears you released weren't real, like all the same (laughs) hormones go flying through your body. And um, yeah, so I think we were just lucky enough to be able to learn on the job and then have, you know, I think also because I was number six on the call sheet, there wasn't really any pressure. And so you can kind of make a few mistakes and, you know, kind of swing by without really anybody noticing too much. And so by the time we got to later episodes, I think, the pressure is difficult. And that's why I think it's hard for a guest star. It's like, all the pressure is on you to carry the episode. You know, like you have most of the scenes, you have all the dramatic stuff and you are coming and meeting everybody for the first time. It's just, it's the hardest job I think on an episode. Well,
1: you guys, you, were, easy. you were super friendly. Because you, you have that sensation where you don't know who to sit with at the lunch table. Yes! <laughs> Everybody was super, super nice. So it was a pleasure.
4: Well, it was so I, good. I've gotten a bunch of questions for Lil and Laura. Do you have a preference of emotional versus action scenes to film? Is there... One that's more. I
1: like action scenes because they're always asking me to cry, so I'm always like, (laughs) "Yeah, you're so good at crying." They're like, "Oh, (laughs) (laughs) let's (laughs) go."
0: How about you, Billy? What is your favorite? Because you are so coming from being a camera operator, and this is why you're just a kind of uh, anomaly in that you're so brilliant with the actors, but you also are so tuned into what the camera's doing. And often directors can be like one or the other. Do you love getting to tackle an action sequence where you can just play? Because you are so creative with camera moves.
3: Well, I like action scenes and cry scenes. and particularly we try to design action scenes that cause you to cry. (laughs) 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 But... uh... Yeah, it's it's always a. Uh, I think it's benefit a benefit to be able to have uh, that set of tools in your toolbox, uh, camera wise, to um, use the visuals to help support the story. Because there's always the, the most important thing in the episode is the story and and what we're trying, you know, to put up on the screen to tell and to make the audience feel. And so um, when you can use visuals to. Uh, subliminally make someone in the audience think a certain way without they don't even know it Um, just what you're doing with visuals that support the story eh, everything works out
0: well Mike, like with this scene now with the lighting and the set and you being able to do a kind of a long sweeping walking shot of agent may and then the lights coming on and off and then we see the guy getting closer and moving away and (laughs) It's such a beautiful melding of the set looking gorgeous and you having the space to do that. And then the lighting making it so suspenseful and-
3: Yeah, we took advantage of uh, of what you can't see is scarier than what you can, right? Yeah. So it, the, your imagination can do far more harm to your psyche than what we can show you something. Yeah. Um, so we took advantage of that,
0: and I'd forgotten all the stuff about Agent May and the cavalry, and we really see a big, like a huge character development of May on this episode. Did they, did they say to you that that's going to be such a a big part of her story moving forward, Billy?
3: Yes, yes, that was uh, in the tone meeting. That was they they spoke highly of of getting to know a little bit because, you know, May is so, so closed off and you don't get to get much insight into her at this point. Uh, so just being able to peek behind the curtain and see a little bit more of, of where Agent May came from and what makes her tick and what makes her act the way she does uh, is always a great thing for the audience. And, and well, I enjoyed it as well.
0: Oh yeah, talking about Agent May. I'm gonna see if I can share that <laughs> one of the videos that you sent me. Um, yeah. I don't. This was know. like
3: this is like from at like one thirty in the morning. Uh, we were doing this fight scene in, in this dusty barn uh, on Disney Ranch, um, and yeah, it was like one thirty in the morning and. So Ming walked in.
1: Yeah. Does this <laughs> work? Can you see that? Yeah, we can yeah,
3: see. her it. her stunt person. Had, okay, she does pray. a lot of her own stunts, but uh, oh, wow. the other Ming had done some stunts as well.
1: I think I remember this.
3: Yeah, here's how she gets her wardrobe dirty.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Snow angels in the dirt.
0: <laughs> so cool. <Voila>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh she's so good at that and you know what I can do now perfectly because what's about to come up is I'm going to show that video of Ian is <laughs> his jump scare. <laughs>
2: do
0: you I remember do he kept again? laughing
3: we had to do that so many times because okay. he would get scared and then he would laugh and then you would laugh <laughs> and make him laugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: just, he is so funny oh
0: my god uh, so funny i'm gonna i hope everybody this.
3: knows how funny he is He's
0: oh my like god just so and that he really did oh let me stop <laughs> he really did um that was an impossible scene to get through of us all screaming at this mop and at each other that was just i don't know how we did that
3: here it comes right yeah no? yeah it's later almost
0: almost yeah Yeah. oh
1: my gosh
0: any scene with more than three of us in is a little bit of a nightmare because
3: (laughs) oh this was a new toy the uh seven dwarfs
0: the dwarfs gosh they what happened to them (laughs) (laughs) i think we lost them when shield went underground the actor that played
1: um the ghost, I guess. I call it. Robert Robert something, am I right? Yeah, on? he was yeah. so brilliant. Yeah, Robert actor. Baker. He's such a good yeah. actor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because that was a that was a difficult part. That was very um extreme emotion too. Was this at Disney Ranch? Yes. Yes, yeah, so yes. this was at Disney Ranch, I think. Yep. Yeah. And this was Disney a night shoot, right? 130
3: AM. It was so cold cool. night.
1: It looked amazing. It was giant, soft, light. yeah, and, fields and stuff. It was like an X Files episode. It was great. And did
0: they have the snake wrangler there?
3: Yes, they always have the snake wrangler at Disney oh. Ranch. Yeah. The snake wrangler is a person who has a, one of those uh, three foot long grabbers ready to grab any rattlesnakes uh, so that none of us uh, get stung on set with the fangs of a of a rattler and they always seem to find one, which I think is just a, a rubber snake that they bring and they say, oh, look, I got one, they put it in the bag. Yeah. Good thing you hired me, make sure you bring me on the next one. Uh,
0: oh man,
1: that often awesome. would make it feel better
0: that they found one. I know yeah, I- exactly. <laughs> always was- the most interesting people to talk to. <laughs> was this barn already there, Greg?
5: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a couple of barns out there at the, uh, Disney ranch and um it was yeah it's just a standing barn there I think we just put some breakaways in it or something I, I don't, I'm not sure but um it was, yeah it's pretty
3: much the way it looked
5: yeah oh. I, had,
3: I had filmed in that barn just the month before on Sons of Anarchy <laughs> oh my gosh that's <laughs> so cool
0: funny. yeah yeah you end up kind of in the same sandy barns I guess
3: yeah yeah there it is yeah <laughs> and then I remember those lights inside, we had, uh, we had LED lights on big long poles and uh, we're just running around inside the barn with the lights like a lantern on a 15 on a foot pole to get some of the seven dwarves lighting aspects.
0: Oh, oh my gosh, they were just waving them around. <laughs> yeah,
3: just running around like cuckoos inside the barn.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cute, what a fun with day. Lights on sticks. Well, and there's pressure when you do night shoots because you've got to get it all done before the sun comes up, and you only usually have those you know, you can't just go and go to the set again tomorrow because it's a higher set, right? So you can't, you have to get it done. Was there pressure
3: in, in this case? Um, this was really stressful, I remember. Uh, the timing, uh, not because we were losing the light, but just simply because. the end of our day you know we we don't like to work more than 12 hours um and i think we had slated 13 hours for this day and we were coming up on the 13th hour and we ended up this whole sequence i think was shot in less than an hour i mean it was like crazy that whole ending um everyone worked really fast
0: that's such a gorgeous camera move that too oh she's finally sleeping (laughs) wow i can't remember
3: where were we flying we kept flying back to New York and L.A. to get this scene, right?
0: Yeah, that was a long old flight. Burned a lot of jet fuel. <laughs> Think of the points. Oh, it's so nice to see. fun watching this again. Thanks for doing this. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for doing it. So I love re-watching them. And just the OG Colson with his little, like... Uh, I want to call them tchotchkes. Are they called that? They're like, you yeah. know, souvenirs yeah. and stuff. And... Yeah. Um, it, it's so, like, you might think, Greg, that the things that you put on that shelf, it's like, oh, no one's ever really going to do a close-up of this. And then all of a sudden, it's the main thing of the episode. Yeah.
5: Yeah, 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 believe me, a lot of thought went into trying to figure out what to put in that, in his office, you know, uh, just trying to give him some kind of history. Yeah. Know? Uh, so
0: And it's so perfect for Colson because he is a huge history nerd. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, you know, he would be so particular about what he had there.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be in perfect display.
0: Yeah. yeah, Billy knows he's got them in his office. <laughs> Somehow they've ended up there. We no. don't know. How.
4: Yeah, how'd that happen? We don't no know.
0: <laughs> You've worked on enough TV shows to know they're not going to miss these and I I always love ask them. I
3: always ask. I never just take
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: ask for forgiveness later.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> this is such a nice moment between May and Sky too. Just so many lovely character moments in this episode. When May didn't have any lines really. <laughs> Did it all with a oh, look. I remember this
3: shot, it almost blew the cameras over.
0: <laughs> yeah, look at that. Oh, is that the pic? No, where was the picture that you took that from? This,
3: this is from when, uh, back when when May was standing, uh, alone and the lights were blinking on and off and he was sneaking up behind oh. her. This was the sign that was in the background. Oh, I think I took like, cool. um. You have have. another
0: picture of Ian from this scene. Yeah, that's right. Let me show you. (laughs) It's baby Ian. Baby Ian. I feel like this is the point that it was just, let's mess up Ian. Oh, and that's on the back of the... Zephyr, look at Lola. Boy,
4: babe, I am so impressed with your VFX skills now. Can
0: you believe this? This is a
4: new feature to these watch-alongs.
3: I oh, know. that's, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a great shot. Mo is and Megan.
0: Yeah. Oh, Mo. Oh. Stop, share. That's the end of the episode. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Um, this is the point where we invite a couple people into the Zoom to ask a question. So I'm just going to randomly select. Harushi is coming in. Hello. Harushi. I love the lemon. Um, um, Hi, we can't see you. Do you want your, oh, there we go. I- oh my God. Hi. I did not expect this to happen! <laughs> Hi! Oh, How wow. are you? I'm so good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good! Are you in England? I am in England, yeah I am. You love that this is an hour earlier today, our clock's Very changed. Very much. Today. I mean to be honest, yeah. ni- 9 o'clock was okay as well because obviously, I like, it's done not done. as bad as, like, when it used to be 11. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like it being back in England? Does it feel nice? Yeah, it feels really nice. I,
4: no, um, get yeah. back to America. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no. um, do you have a question? I do, actually. Um. So um, I think it was last
1: week you were talking about the, on your podcast when you had Ian on, you were talking about the prank that him and Brett pulled on you with the bruise. Oh, yes. I think.
0: yes. So I was just wondering, are there any other like key pranks that really stand out to you from like filming? Because I assume you did people like loads of them. We started by pulling loads, and then I feel like we all got too busy to do it. And I yeah. think that that was inspired. Our pranks inspired this episode a little bit, I think. But I one, one, once, so cool. one time, I feel like Chloe's car was filled with ice. Work of interview. Yeah. Yeah. And then props also made a, a license plate for Chloe's car that said something rude on it she kept getting honked at and didn't realize what it was. Uh, thing is oh, you just really have funny. to make friends with all the department heads because like <laughs> someone like Greg could really make you something amazing to like mess with someone. And same with hair and makeup, like that's what they, I had a scene where I had to hit Ian with a foam fire extinguisher and I was getting really stressed about it and the hair and makeup team put a huge bruise on Ian. So then the next day I saw it and freaked out <laughs> and thought it was real. So. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's not the actors, it's more fueled by the crew and they, their Oh, okay. <laughs> oh that's so nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Rushi. You're welcome to hang out while I invite the, uh, another person in. All right. Um, well, it's up to you. I'll just Jamie myself. coming in. Do you, have you been on sets where they pull many pranks? Anyone else? Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, They're mostly well-behaved, aren't they? Well, I, Jamie, can, I, you can, can you hear, you hear can us? Yep. Uh, oh, Wait, just, just a your, um, Yeah, the,
1: the YouTube.
0: <laughs> oh, don't mute you. No, we can't. Yeah, that's it. Hi. Yes. So
1: yes. Oh, my gosh, I can't
0: believe they actually made it on. <laughs> Yay, do you have a question? Can you
1: hear us? Um... Yeah, so this episode actually had my favorite
0: um, like mid credit scene, like my favorite ending. Um so what were you guys' favorite endings? Um I like the ending of this one. Billy, do you have a favorite episode that you've directed that you loved how it ended? I feel like a lot of the Ghost Rider ones were kind of credit scene, like cool, right?
3: yeah the whole go- yeah the whole ghostwriter uh, everything with the ghostwriter was awesome. Um, I liked um, gosh, I don't know that I even have a favorite because you always find something interesting and special and personal with every single episode that you work on, so
0: yeah
3: it's like having a favorite child, right yeah. like, <laughs> there's no favorite you can like point out things you love about all of them
0: yeah. How about you greg is there a like was it painful when they blew up the plane this beautiful plane that you made
5: uh actually no you know it it um the uh it, it was a i look forward to trying to do something new you know we we'd use that plane for what like forty eight episodes i mean it it had really <laughs> served its purpose and, um I, I I like I like the renewal and the uh, and and the the idea of trying to, you know, push the show forward into some new areas, um, and uh, make 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 the plane far more, you know, it was it was much it was much tougher the second time around. It didn't have lounges. It didn't have yeah. you know a bar. It didn't have so you didn't know where anybody slept. It was like it was like a U boat.
0: Yeah, it was utilitarian. <laughs>
5: It was all business. And so I, yeah. I thought that was, um, I, I, I loved doing that. So it
0: was so awesome. Less comfy for the actors, because I feel like all we do is, we spend most of our day just sitting around waiting that it was nice when it was <laughs> like beds and comfy chairs, but right, I get right, it, right, right. it was artistic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your question, Jamie. Thank you for coming on. So awesome. Also, um, I
1: need to show you guys this. I actually made my own Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bracelet.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. It was nice when it was. That's so cool. Very <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Laura. This was so much fun. I just love hearing your stories and how you got to where you are and you're all just so wonderful and just like fantastic people. So thank you for coming
5: on. Of course, thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Zach, fielding the questions like a pro. So now I'm gonna uh, admit uh, 100 people, which is my Zoom limit right now. And we just wait for a couple minutes and you can scroll through the pages to see everybody if you want. And then I'll end it, that's it for this week. So thank you guys for being here. This gets uh, chaotic. So, you know, just enjoy the chaos. (laughs) There's no two ways about it. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. I feel... (laughs) I just feel like I'm in a bit of a dream. I am i don't know that I really breathed for that whole hour. I was just giggling and, I don't know, my voice feels like it's two octaves higher than it should be. Oh, this is the thing. I should do these first thing in the morning because I just get such a rush of, oh, just goodness from them. I just, oh, I ended that just feeling... Gosh, I feel very lightheaded. Oh, it just feels so good to have wonderful, really good people, solid, stand-up, kind, generous people. And to to share a conversation with them for an hour around something that we're all passionate about and that all treated us really wonderfully and was kind of... Oh, there's just something about that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set, there's everybody involved in it, the whole family... It was just magic. There was a magic there. Oh, my gosh. Here's my call from Zach.
3: <laughs>
0: Baba, I'm just doing my outro.
3: Boy, I
4: tell you, Billy has done some insanely impressive shows. My gosh.
0: I know. He's amazing, isn't he? I was actually just texting yeah. him. Um, but I'm doing my outro. So you're on my outro. So, So what? Do you, so what do you want to just hang out while i while i pay attention to me <laughs> pay
2: attention to me
0: hey i think that we've found a, a name for my microphone and it's liam liam <laughs> yeah it stands for lil's incredible amazing Mic. and also oh. liam is just such a funny name yeah i
4: like it i was gonna say michelangelo
0: well there was some mics and Michaela's. kayla's was one of them that was really fun um but i think it's liam because <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time i think about it it's very windy there
4: yes i'll talk to you later
0: yeah okay i'm very busy
4: okay
0: love you bye love you bye i feel like those calls always come when i'm getting very uh very deep into something that I probably should just you know <laughs> I don't know maybe not Ah, oh, but I just love it I just ah, oh, because everybody that was on then Laura and Greg and Billy it was just texting them to say thank you and before I could get to text them they'd already texted me just saying that was so fun and it was so lovely to see everybody that came on the zoom at the end and to get the questions and Oh, I don't know. It's just goodness. I just hope these are a little bit of good in the world, a little reprieve if you're going through a stressful time, which a lot of us are at the moment. And I would love this to just be a little oasis of positivity and joy and dreams and how dreams can come true. You know, you look at someone like Billy Gerhart, who of course, Zach was like, wow, he's just done such amazing things, because we know him as Billy, he's so fun, and he's just always up for a laugh, and a giggle, and, but you look at the stuff he's done, and it's incredible, he's created some amazing pieces of television, and just, and that was, you know, 20 years in the making, and he was a camera operator for 15 years, and wanted to direct, and put his hours in, and you know, spent all his money on a camera and then gave his services away free and hustled and found a route in. And like Greg was saying, there's no one way to get from A to B in the film industry. And that's why I just feel like it's such a wonderful kind of a metaphor for life in a way that there's, there's no one way to get anywhere. And it's like Maddie was saying, the emailed in, it's just, hopefully it's a, um, it's applicable to, anything that you would like to do or any dream that you have or aim or, you know, if you're in the part of life now that just feels like it's the hustle, it's going to be worth it because the people that you see now doing it have been through that hustle and um, they wouldn't be who they are or where they are without it. So I hope that that's an inspiration to you. It's really an inspiration to me. Yeah, just follow the fear, enjoy the grind. Magic comes from it and magic came from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set. So wonderful, and keeps, the show that keeps on giving. Thank you guys for being here, this was so fun. From Liam and I, to all you little out there. <laughs> I'm wishing you the best week. I can't wait for episode 110, <gasps> when it's episode 10 of Life with Lil' The Podcast. We're reaching double digits, can you believe it? a lot ah just take a moment to be proud of that thanks for being here thanks for listening thanks for inviting me into your ears as you go about your tasks of watercolor painting drawing and laundry and walking the dog and driving or whatever it is that you want to do I'm sending you my love and my warmest wishes for a brilliant week